I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I take you for a ride on the devil's ship. I take you for a ride when you sink or swim. Now come with me and let this story begin. Viva, we're live. It's Vacation Viva. It's Vacation Viva. This is the Vacation Beard. You remember the Kids in the Hall skit where uh, the guy goes on vacation and grows his vacation beard? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then his wife tells him to cut and he doesn't do it. I'm going to trim the beard today. This is the last of the bushy Viva. Who's going to trim it? You should go to my guy get a cool-ass beard. We'll see. I, I, I might make the mistake and try to do it myself, but uh, I know my parents have a clipper, so I might go get the clipper and... Uh, no, no, see. I say you go to a professional, you come out there, you look a little bit like a European rapper... <laughs> We'll see. All that I know is I have to trim it because yeah. I think it's going to be today or as of this week. I'm going to have to be going door to door in my district to get 100 to 150 signatures for what looks like it's going to be the upcoming federal election. So listen, you have joined the dark side. You have joined the politicians. I have joined the darker of the dark side, the PPC of the politicians. I understand you, though. I understand your train of thought because you told me you talk too much shit about politicians so that when they asked you, hey... Since you're talking so much shit, why don't you run and try to do something? You kind of had no choice but to go because then every all the shit you talked would be meaningless well, if you wouldn't put your money where your mouth is. And not just that, meaningless and almost hypocritical. It's e- yeah. it's easy to complain. It's easy to sit there and and, and I, I didn't build the channel off complaining, um, and I never wanted to. It's just that it's become the subject matter of a lot of material over the last two years. Watching our constitutional rights be taken from us and then being told that they're privileges when it's time to get them back. And I, I had a theory that if I didn't run for office for two reasons, people would start to question the motives. People would start thinking for the amount of complaining that I'm doing, if I don't run for office to try to change something, I might be going underground to do something nefarious. That's one thing. Second thing, if I ever decide that Canada has left me and now I'm going to find another place to be my home, if I do that after having only complained and not tried to make a difference, I, I would rightly be called a coward and someone abandoning my country uh, out of convenience. So yeah. I'm going to take this step and I'm going to see what the dialogue gives. If people don't agree with me, if people think I'm the radical for thinking that we have no business doing what we are doing to Canadians, Canadian citizens, Canadian society, if people think I'm in the wrong, I'll know. I mean, that's, that'll be the Canada then that I'll make a decision whether or not it has a future for me in it. But if people agree with me and more people agree with me and more people get comfortable voicing their concerns, yes, we're living through a pandemic. Yes, we're living through unprecedented times, but even in these times, you have no business shutting down people's lives, shutting down people's businesses, locking them in their homes. I think more people are going to agree with me than are, are, are aware out there. And once it becomes sort of not politically incorrect, not radical to publicly share these views, I think more people are going to get on board. But what about, do you think, because the PPC is, I guess, if we go by parties in Canada, or the fourth or the fifth, it's hard to win, no? Oh, it's, 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 it'll be... I don't want to say virtually impossible because, you know, big ships turn slowly, but when they start turning, it's impossible to stop them. Uh, you know, we, we're in Canada. You have the liberals who, in my writing, have dominated, to say the least, for it's 20 or 30 years. There was one election cycle that I think the NDP under Jack Layton 
eked out a victory, but it's been liberals, you know, with 50 some odd plus percent of the vote. Um, wait, I forgot my train of thought there. It was, oh, the, the party. So you have the liberals, you have the conservatives, you have NDP, you have the Green Party, you have the Bloc Québécois, and now you have this offshoot of the conservative party, Maxime Bernier PPC, created in 2018. Yeah, the, you know, they had one and a half percent of the vote in 2018 uh, after what was a relatively dirty, slanderous campaign run by operation run by the conservatives to paint the PPC as a racist, bigoted, xenophobic But that, that's party. all I heard in the beginning that's, when, when uh, it was weird because I, I saw in the newspaper they put out what does every party stand for? Then I hadn't seen the PPC and it, was, it, it looked very direct and simple. It was very libertarian-esque, right? But then everything I was seeing around was like, these guys hate immigrants. Uh, they're racist. Yeah, it's, I was like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? What kind of, what kind of party is this in Canada? Well, so here, what ended up happening, and I don't know the details thoroughly, but Maxime Bernier is suing uh, this guy named Kinsella because this guy, Kinsella, who was hired by the conservatives effectively to run a slander uh, libel campaign against the PPC, basically hire people to put up fake posts of a racist or xenophobic nature on Facebook, then hire a PR firm to pull up these posts to say, look, the PPC is a racist party. They're, they're suing for defamation. Apparently the judgment might be coming at the very Soon? least. A judgment on the anti-slap motion, which was filed, which should get dismissed. Canada's pretty broad, pretty loose when it comes to awarding damages for defamation. Much broader and much looser than the states, for good or for bad. So that judgment is coming soon. But this is what happened. Then you have one individual out of Nova Scotia who in 2018 put out a tweet, which I think is not a tweet to put out uh, about Islam. Uh, is he a politician? Uh, it was one of the candidates for one of the ridings in Nova Scotia. And it's, it's, a, it's a bad tweet. It's not a tweet that I would endorse. Oh, it was like, a, like an aggressive... It was, it was aggressive, like Islam is evil or something okay. along those lines. Um, and that, you know, people ran with that. And, and rightly so. I think you, those types of tweets are, they're wrong. And, uh, and they inflammatory should, too. They, you start infla getting people angry. Yeah. Inflammatory. They, they serve no practical purpose um, yeah. other than, you know, potentially fanning uh, what you perceive to be your base. But this is not the message from the PPC in general. And other than that, you know, being wanting to rein in immigration is not being racist. No, and, that's... And, and presuming, incidentally, presuming that uh, immigration is of a certain race or ethnicity is itself racist. So anybody who says... I'm with you there, yeah. Anyone who says, you know, you're racist if you want to limit immigration, I'll say, well, you are presuming the racial um, identity of the immigrants you want to bring in. Isn't that racist? Yeah. So they, they were wrongly painted as, as racist, xenophobic, all of the isms and whatever you can have in 2018. I've gotten to know them. Uh, personally, I mean, I've met Maxime online, in person. We've had coffee. I, I, I wanted to make sure I was comfortable with him as an individual before I put my name and my identity with the party. Right. And I've met, you know, I, I, in my channel, I notice a lot of PPC supporters as commenters, as subscribers. And they're just people who, I don't know if you call it libertarian, but at the time, value the Constitution, value individual rights, uh, value preserving what is our national identity as Canadians, even if you don't think we have one. If you don't think we have one, you have no business leading Canada. If you think we're just sort of a, an anomaly... We do have one. Every nation has one. Yeah. Every, every nation has one. We have... Uh, and our national identity might overlap with others. You know, we love nature. We love freedom. We love the outdoors. We love um, individual liberty. Yeah. That is, you know, th that may overlap with other nations. But to say that we have no national identity, as some have alluded to... If you think that, you have no business leading the nation. You're talking just, about my friend Justin Trudeau. I, I, I'm, I'm suggesting he may have said something along those lines. So, you know, the, I, I've gotten to know the PPC followers, the, the, the members, the party. And over the last two years, I've gotten to see how what happens in a world 
where you no longer respect the Constitution, where you, where you view civil rights, fundamental civil rights, as privileges, where you view the Constitution as something the government has granted you as, as a, you know, something they can take away overnight. And if I don't, you know, have this discussion and say, is this the Canada we want to live in? And if people don't say, no, this isn't the Canada, I'm, I'm getting that backwards. If people say, this is the Canada I want to live in, I don't mind if the government comes in every future f- harsh flu season and say, you are locked in your houses to, yeah. to, to save people. You can, you know, force vaccinate uh, compel vaccination of 12 to 17 year olds or they're going to go back to uh, what's happening with this is because this doesn't uh, look I, I, maybe i'm too stupid to understand but as far as i get none of this seems legal it, it, it is so this is the beautiful thing we have a constitution we have a charter of rights 1982 the charter of rights and freedoms first section of that charter says all of the rights provided for herein are subject to whatever reasonable limitations one can expect in a free and democratic society translation Look, it might be a fundamental flaw in what is regarded as our Constitution. All of them, virtually all of them, can be violated if the violation can be justified in a free and democratic society. And so, But for it to be justified in a free and democratic society, wouldn't it require some kind of a vote? It would require, in theory, some kind of a vote, some kind of a public discussion, some right. kind of a legislative process, which we haven't... Rendering which it we democratic. Haven't had. Yeah. Rendering it democratic, which we haven't had. So yeah. you have these... In every despots. province, you have these, these I, call, I call them petty tyrants, that are invoking their, uh, these uh, edicts in virtue of the public health acts or the public health, whatever the, whatever the legislation is of the province. Basically saying, okay, we've put in these emergency measures 30 days after 30 days after 30 days. We haven't had any public debate. We haven't had any evidence presented in a manner so that we can go through a standard, normal legislative process to justify these measures. And so to say that they're legal... I think they're fundamentally unconstitutional, but you have the courts coming in and saying, well, it's an emergency and we got to protect everybody. And so coming out of Quebec, you know, there was a judge that said face masks, however minimal the risk is, there's a risk nonetheless. So kids have to wear face masks. And you have the courts basically coming in and, and, and sanctioning in the sense of approving the government measures and... It's not going to be a court solution to these problems. It's going Am to be I a political Am I misunderstanding? Because you, you have kids, so you probably have looked into it. Am I misunderstanding the percentage of risk there is for fatalities of a child getting COVID? Because as far as I understood it, with regular people that don't have any comorbidities, it would be, what, 99 point something percent survival rate. Like, yep. it, you'd get past this. I thought it was less, even, it was, it was even higher chances of you just getting past it if you're a child. So uh, caveat, I'm not a doctor. Caveat, I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't venture. I'm just going by the stats. No, I read. I don't, yeah. and, and my understanding of the stats, it is the risk for children is virtually nil. Okay. I, I think we had one or two people in all of Quebec under 18 die from COVID or COVID related. And we don't know what the other underlying issues that they might have had are. But that's why the excuse doesn't make sense to me, because then by that logic, why don't we protect them from something that's more... Uh, likely to happen. Why aren't they wearing helmets all the time in case they well, fall down? The, the, the argument is going to be concussions aren't contagious. So that, I mean, okay. we have to compare apples with apples and oranges with oranges. I'm with that. The, That's or, a good argument. So if it's not contagious, it's not analogous. No need comparing it. But the argument then becomes when you, this is, uh, people don't like hearing this. People probably don't know it. This is called an experimental vaccine. It's on the yes. National Institute of Health. It's called an experimental vaccine. Yeah, the FDA didn't approve it. The even, FDA has not approved even it. Even though Jen Sackis lied two weeks ago and said during... Well, she didn't lie. If you want to give her the, every benefit of the doubt, that she, she omitted. The- you know what she said? What she said is could be confusing that there are FDA approved vaccines, not that this particular one specifically or the Mordana or whatever Pfizer yeah, 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 yeah. was. 
I, I don't care. We know it was misleading yeah. objectively because it's lending to the idea that this is FDA approved. It's not. It's referred to as an experimental vaccine. And that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. It's it, it it, these are trying it, times. It, and it's, it's called, it's received emergency authorization use, which is a very important legal distinction because that is specifically what allows it or does not allow it to be mandated. In the United States, federal employees, and I think it's the same in Canada, can be forced to take a vaccine as a condition of their employment if it's FDA approved. So this is emergency authorization use. It's not FDA approved. Why? Anybody who's invested in uh, medical stocks knows that FDA approval is stringent. It requires years of not just efficacy, uh, of safety. And you can't prove historical safety when you have no historical data. Yeah. So it takes, I think the average is 12 years to get FDA approval. I might be wrong. Let's just say it's three to four years. We're in year, year one. Yeah. Uh, first movie reference, I guess, of the podcast. <laughs> We're in year one. There is no historical safety data on this because it just doesn't exist. Now, the argument is going to be that mRNA technology is old technology, so you have historical data on mRNA, te mRNA technology. Right. Fine. But that's not how it ever worked for FDA approval of any vaccine, any drug, anywhere. And so this does not have FDA approval. So we're dealing with an emergency youth authorization, experimental vaccine, and we're talking about requiring it on a demographic that is, I'm not going out on a limb, virtually not at risk. That's, that's my issue. And so then the question is, why? Are there not more risks associated with potentially this, this vaccine? There's been heart inflammation. Um, I forget the name of the word. It's cardiomyitis. Cardiomyco, something it's, with it's an M. It, yeah, inflammation, yeah. Of the, inflammation of the heart among kids of a certain yeah. age. So the question is, are the risks equal to greater uh, with the vac uh, for the vaccine than for COVID with kids? And I think we know the answer and people don't like the answer. The argument then shifts to, well, we need to vaccinate the kids to protect granny because the kids can carry it and the kids can transmit it. So we need to get them vaccinated. Which is, it is a valid argument. My issue is the forced issue. So mine isn't don't get vaxxed, get vaxxed. My issue is I don't feel comfortable forcing my neighbor if I get vaccinated, to get vaccinated because I was vaccinated. I have a big issue forcing someone to do something that I'm doing when it comes to inject themselves. If they don't want it, I don't feel comfortable forcing anyone. Well, it's a good argument, maybe, but it might have very big problems if it turns out that even if you're vaccinated, you can still transmit the virus. So there is... But that is happening. You could is, still well, transmit it. it. Well, they, it might be the Delta variant. This is why there's a lot of unknowns. But, yeah. but it, either way, let's say, let's say, the, the, let's say e whether the vaccines work or they don't or they're less potent than we thought or more potent i regardless i don't feel comfortable forcing someone i'd rather because of the information available and the um the stats you're comfortable and you want to get vaccinated then i'm all right i don't i don't care but to be the one to force you hey i got it you have to get it i feel weird well, i can't do that to people here, here logically if the vaccine works other people should not have to get it for you to be protected uh, yeah there's that's that too, one yeah. argument the other thing is I forget. I don't know his name offhand. He's an Irish guy. He does a a great weekly podcast, and he observed that like in typical times, is it Conor McGregor? No, no, no. It's not, <laughs> it's, not that Conor wouldn't have very insightful things to say, but this guy, this is um, Great Britain News. I think GBN or something along those lines. Uh, Rebel News. Ezra Levant always tweets his weekly monologues because they're beautiful. Okay, and he said in normal times, it's the adults who who shield around the kids to protect the kids from risk. Not vice versa. Not what we're doing right now is subject the kids to risks that they don't have to be subjected to in order to protect the adults. I, if, if people think that they're, they're so scared and they require other people to be vaccinated, okay, first of all, I think they're putting the constitutional carriage before the constitutional horse. Yeah. But if they're that scared, 
they, they, you know, my rights don't end at someone else's fears. I, I said the same thing because there's been some comedians. We had some issues uh, backstage because uh, I remember a couple of us were talking about the vaccine a month ago. And it was um, one of them was just it, like I didn't carry the way. I was like, I'll get it soon. I just I have no fear. Uh, but one of my buddies was like, nope, it's not happening. None of that shit's going to me. And then other comedians were getting mad at them. And they go, how come you don't care about my safety? And he was trying to explain. He goes, well, you're vaccinated. No, not just that. I presume yeah. that these comedians are of the demographic of the age bracket and the health bracket where they are probably also virtually not at risk. Uh, the guy who didn't want to get it was very young. So he was 100% not at risk, a healthy guy. The other ones were a little bit older, but... Uh, well, for, like four... I, for, in you their know, 40s, 40s, maybe 50s. Even, they were still even, fine. Even so, the, the risk there is, it has gone from a question of risk or actual risk to a question of principle. Yes. And they say like, okay, wh why don't you want to do it? Like, it must represent something. Exactly. You. And it's, it, as opposed to, I don't have, don't, first of all, don't ask me these questions. It's none of your business. In any yeah. normal time, and I, I, you know, I tweeted this last night, it's like, it, no, never would it ever occur to me to ask someone if they're vaccinated before inviting them into my house. It's never happened. If I'm right. that, if I, uh, if I recognize that I'm that fearful, that neurotic. I won't invite people to my it's, house. It's on me. It's yeah. on me and not on you. Um, so we're living in that world now where people think like, you know, your private medical issues are now my business because if I can get it and you want to talk about the contagion analogy, uh, I, I want to, anyone who asks me, are you vaccinated? I just want to ask them, do you have herpes? Do you have, do you have cold sores? Yeah. Well, that's, that's contagious. Like I, if I'm, if I'm going into your house, contagious. yeah. I, I, if I'm going to drink from your faucet, yeah. I want to know. If I touch your door, if I go to your toilet, I mean. And that stuff scares the shit out of me. <laughs> Listen, I have always had a, a neurotic fear of a number of things. Yeah. Sitting on public toilets has always been one of them. But I acknowledge that's my issue. It, it is none of my, it's my issue and I have to deal with it. And it doesn't become someone else's problem and my right to invade on their medical privacy for my own neuroses. This, we've gone into a world, it's, 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 um, Sanita it's, it's sanitary oppression. I mean, there's no, there's no other way of explaining it. People have an exaggerated fear of the risks associated with this to the point where they think we are now all one. We're all one in the sense that you do what I want you to do. Yeah. Uh, and, we're, and we're not one if you think that you have the right to do something else. But, you know, going back, it's, it's, I, I, I left uh, on a road trip, went to New Brunswick, was shocked and mildly appalled to realize that there was a literal checkpoint when I left between New Brunswick and Quebec where I had to register online before interprovincial travel and then literally prove my, provide my papers. I mean, literally, we went through a checkpoint. The, the border guard said papers, and I had to give her papers of vaccination to show so that I could travel interprovincially in my own damn country. Did you have to provide proof of a negative... Uh... Not proof of a negative test, but we had to prove uh, that we... Got that we got vaccinated. So this is what bothers me about that. It's not even the papers. What bothers me about that is the stupidity of it. Because even if you're vaccinated, you could still be a carrier. So I would understand if they're like, look, uh, we don't want an outbreak. Anybody coming in, we want to know that they test negative. That would make sense to me. But just to be like, I want to know your medical records. Have you been vaccinated? It doesn't make sense because you could still have it and they're letting you in. So what they're asking you is personal information about your medical records for no good uh, reason. No, but not even that. Let's, let's go one step further. What they are doing is limiting your constitutional right to interprovincial travel. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, uh, and on the basis of what? Is this what is justified in a free and democratic society? Uh, a virus with a 99 point whatever survival rate uh, within our own country. Th Again, are we getting it wrong? Because the way... We're acting. It's as if it's a 50-50 chance or even more 80-20 chance of it dying. Is, it is. This is the moving target that, we, that has occurred so subtly over two years, but has occurred where if you compare the goalposts now to the goalposts in March 2020, 
we're in di- we're playing different sports. We're not even on the same field. They've taken the goalpost from the football field to the golf course now. They said two weeks to flatten the curve yeah. so as not to overwhelm the hospital healthcare facilities. Which I understand because our hospitals are they were sh- they were not being taken care I was, of. I was going to swear they were crap before. Yeah. We knew it. They were crap in 2018 when in Ontario they had to cancel elective surgeries because the hospitals were overrun with a regular bad flu season. They've been crap for decades and we've known it. Yeah, and we it don't was, help them. No, well, not, well, it gets even worse, but we'll get there. But it, it started off as two weeks to flatten the curve because we something's new. We don't know what's going on. We got to get our system in order. We're uh, almost two years later, and now it's compelled vaccination of children, uh, failing which certain privileges will not be granted to citizens because the case numbers of a Delta variant, which by all accounts, the symptoms seem to be uh, less severe or no more severe than the regular cold, and I'm just repeating what I've read in mainstream media. We're at this point now where we want, we, we've gone to COVID zero. We've basically very gradually, very slowly gone from flatten the curve to not overwhelm the healthcare facilities to no COVID period. And that- But was, that can never happen. It can never happen. It should never have happened. If it was what was told to us from the beginning, no one would have ever agreed to the impossible. And in the meantime, they have crushed our economy, put people out of work, driven people to addiction, driven people to overdoses, driven people to suicide. Uh, you're going to have elective surgeries being canceled and you've had it for the last two years. You're going to have a massive overload in whenever things open up. You're going to have people dying of illnesses that did not get diagnosed in time. You're going to have a reduction of the, of the lifespan, not because COVID has killed 80% of people in long-term healthcare facilities because you don't decrease the average lifespan when people of that demographic are dying. You decrease it when younger people are dying yeah. and they're not dying primarily or majority, the, the, the lifespan is not being reduced because young people are dying of COVID. It's because they're dying of other things right now. Yeah. And we're going to see the impact of this in a generation, in a decade, in a few years. But we've gone to COVID zero because that's in the myopic vision of these government bureaucrats who have now turned COVID into an industry. That's their sole, that's their sole metric of success. Did we get to COVID zero? Yeah. But, you know, overdoses among uh, 18 to 40 have doubled. Suicides are, uh, there's a debate on the suicide issue, but... There's no debate uh, in my book. Uh, uh, there, there's, there, no one's going to convince me, like the CBC is reporting that suicides have gone down. No one's going to convince me of that because I, I do tend to include in suicide accidental overdoses because when you're dealing with r- reckless or suicidal behavior, it doesn't just take on the forms that the media wants to you know, uh, count for the benefit of that statistic. If I was the government, every suicide I would count as a COVID death. Well, and, and uh, without even getting there, but you know, some stats are saying suicide hasn't gone up. Isn't that surprising? If accidental overdose and overdose deaths have gone up twofold, I, I, I lump those together yeah, because that, those is, together, that yeah. is part of self-destructive behavior that is caused by the, the measures that are being imposed. But that's it. So, you know, the only metric that these, that these sanitary bureaucrats want to count now, COVID deaths. Yeah, oh, you, you've done very good on the COVID deaths. Now, Tell me what uh, decreased life expectancy comes with every added percent of unemployment. Because there are stats, there are historical data to prove this. I saw statistics, fuck, I want to find out where it was posted, and it was shocking. And then I realized after that it was misleading and they didn't explain it. Uh, They were showing um, COVID deaths from the vaccinated and unvaccinated, and it was overwhelming. And then I realized that they were counting the entirety, meaning... Before the vaccine even came out, so all the initial deaths. And I was like, guys, that's 100% misleading because there was no vaccine. So 100% of those deaths were... So I I hate it when they do that because if you want people to be comfortable talking to their neighbors, asking these questions, getting vaccinated, tell the truth. Every time there's something skewed on purpose, it makes people cautious. And they're like, wait, there must be some kind of nefarious conspiracy. Same here in the beginning when we weren't allowed to talk about uh, gain-of-function research 
where it came from. All, we weren't allowed. You, but yeah, you got you got kicked off of platforms. You got kicked it. off of platforms, and now because the overwhelming evidence, like, well, okay, we have to admit Th- this. It. This it lends to the idea. First of all, the Streisand effect on the one hand, but it also lends to the idea that the more the mainstream media tells you you can't talk about something that it's a conspiracy theory, people are going to now reflexively think it has to be true. Yeah, they, they did it with. Uh, they did it with the origins of, of the virus. They did it with the 2020 elections. They did it with, I'm trying to think of a number of other things where they said, at first, conspiracy theory, oh, the, 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 you know, the FBI probe, Russia, yeah, uh, yeah, Trump. Yeah. They've done it with everything. Where say, it's a conspiracy theory if you believe it and shut it down, and then a year later you find out it's true, and now everybody reflexively thinks that which the media calls conspiracy theory ha- is going to be true in the long run. So they legitimize not just the legitimate conspiracy theories, but even the more uh, outlandish ones. Do you know what I want? You know what I want to be given? Remember when Trump had uh, COVID? Yes. How old is Trump? Uh, He is 72. I think he was 72 at the time. Trump is 72, overweight, on a steady diet of McDonald's cheeseburgers (laughs) and awesome tweets. And whatever the fuck they gave him got him up and running. This was pre-vaccine. I want to know what he got, you, you, and you, that's what I want. And, and I, I will not even venture into the discussion. I watched Brett Weinstein, and there's discussion on this, but you know there are theories as to why you cannot even discuss certain... Ivermectin uh, them, and things uh, like that? Yeah, you, you can't even discuss it because the theories are that there's no money to be made off a generic uh, drug, drug yeah. that has existed for 50 years, so you got to pump, you know, push these vaccines. Then you're going to start pushing the, the boosters, and then... You know, and then you're going to push the boosters, and it's going to become big it, business. It, it already it, is. It already is. I mean, that's the thing. I was like, I, the the COVID response has now become a government industry, and they're not going to just give it up without a fight. Which is why I'm not a scientist. I'm not telling people what's safe, what's not safe. I don't. I'm thinking about it, and unless accidentally we find out in a couple of years, oof, this vaccine's kind of screw people over. Unless it's purely accidental, something happens. I don't think they're too nefarious because. It's not in the interest of big pharma to inject people with something that's going to kill them because you can't make as much money. Well, I, I'm, I will not even engage in that. Uh, you know what I, I mean? I, I know. I know. Because those I conspiracy theories, I'm thinking about it, I go, well, if it kills you, then you're no longer a customer. Well, it doesn't have to kill you in order to be profitable. It might. Oh, if fact, it makes you it, weaker, <laughs> oh, then maybe, so, maybe we're on something. Is, this has been, you know, one of the theories. I'm of, all about um, conspiracy talk. Well, this, I, I mean, conspiracy just is just a a, a way of uh, branding someone, you know, delusional, so you don't yeah, have yeah. to engage. But look, people have said this about the medical industry for decades that you know they 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 they, they don't want to cure things; they just want to make you uh, somewhat better but reliant. Look, my and, my dentist, I will guarantee dentists. I think oh, they, they, they pull they, that shit. They look for, dentists yeah. look for work. There's no question yeah. about it. I mean, you, you don't you don't stay in, but you don't finance those machines that they have by not finding problems with people's teeth but no the bottom line though is the government has turned this into an industry and uh, uh, one that will never have an end because it's never going to be covid zero and impossible and the problem is they have traumatized a nation they have traumatized people into thinking that it is an existential threat if they even contract this virus to begin with which even in the beginning would not have been the case, you know, unless you fit into certain demographics when even then it's not existential threat, it's just a statistical much greater risk. But they've conditioned everyone to making 30-year-olds, healthy 30-year-olds, I see healthy young people jogging with face masks outside. That is that is yeah, I indication see that too. of trauma. It's indication of trauma. And I still see people driving alone, recklessly, uh, with the mask on. And at the beginning, I thought it was just forgetfulness, you know? But now I see people just panicking and well, coming out with it. It's like, guys, calm uh, down, I'll, you're I'll alone. Give, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and think maybe they're driving someone else's car. <laughs> and so they're nervous about the particulate matter that's left in the AC. Even that... It is an indication of psychological trauma that is 
the result of, of, of now we're going on two years of daily incessant, you are going to die if you don't wash your fruit. You're going to die if you shake someone's hand. You have to cross the street. Don't engage in conversation with people coming out of Australia. Don't talk to your neighbors. Is now, that what Australians that's said? What, that's what the Australian health officer... I understand leader, them. You ever talk with these people? Well, the Australians. Well, they, don't talk with your neighbors. <laughs> this is, they want to create physical, psychological, emotional isolation so that all that people are left with is this day-in, day-out fear porn coming out of the media. And you can't walk people off that ledge when you're the one who pushed them there. Yeah. And people, nobody understands this. Well, I think people understand it, but they're going to. We're going to need a change in leadership of people who are going to have to make people realize we are going to have to live with the risks of COVID, not with the risks of the government uh, restrictions to try to prevent the impossible. It, life is necessarily risky. Life is necessarily finite. You can mitigate your risks without exacerbating others. What the government is doing now, the long-term effects are they're exacerbating so many other risks that, okay, great, you, may, you, you, know, you could say you brought down the deaths, which probably would have been at this level regardless of the measures. I mean, nobody's talking about Sweden anymore. Nobody's talking about the countries that did not impose uh, and are not continuing to impose these draconian measures. Wait, what's happening in Sweden? Are they all dead? What happened in Texas? What happened in Florida? Are they all dead? Okay, no. look, I learned that that month when I think it was Texas said no more masks. Remember? Yeah, it was January. I think it was January. And everyone's was waiting two weeks. Yeah, and I said, ah, oh, man, goddamn, Texas, they're all dead. And then when a month later the case had gone down, I threw my hands in the air and I go, I understand nothing oh, well, <laughs> of I, how this works. It, it, I'm about, never talking it, again. Pentelis, when I attended the, um, the massive protest by the Olympic Stadium, I mm. think there were 100,000 people, you had the mainstream media wishing. They also, the mainstream media all said you were 1,000 people. Oh, yeah. And then I saw drone Seven, footage. 70, <laughs> it was 75. I don't know how many people it yeah. takes to fill up that entire block. That was crazy. It, it's a big block. Yeah. But you had the media... David Mamet says every fear hides a wish. The, all the music, oh my goodness, just wait two weeks. They're all, they're, they're, gonna be, there was a bus with five people from La who had a COVID. Everyone was waiting because they were wishing that there would be a massive outbreak that they could then say, look at these radical protesters risking it for everybody. I, when, I, when I went and I was walking around the street and you know, I had my camera, there was literally a woman, she did not appear to be mentally well standing on her front porch, giving everyone the finger, saying, I hope you die of COVID. And That's good. I, I, did, I, did, I, you know, I didn't record she's it. She's on the ball. She, well, she, I, she looked like there were other issues going on, but you know, th this is what we call the political permission slip when people think that you know, you're looking at your existential enemy, you can yeah. wish whatever you want on them. But the media wanted it to happen, and it never happened. And then I'm listening to some guy out of Quebec City saying, a doctor, he's like, they ask him, how did it not happen? And he says, oh, I don't know, maybe we got lucky. Maybe the wind, the wind pattern was such that it blew the infectious material in the opposite direction. Is, that's absurd. It's not just absurd. It is, it's superstitious insanity. I mean, that's what yeah. it is. To, 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 when you're so wrong in your predictions, step back and say, maybe I maybe I'm, don't know what I think I know. Maybe we don't know what we think we know. Or maybe this is not the threat that we perceived it to be or, or portrayed it as. But you can't do that. It's, it's politics. You've got to double down. You've got to find another reason. You've got to hope for another disastrous event so that you can then say, look, it's, 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 it's cataclysmic. Like you have those Democrats fleeing Texas to go to Washington to protest. And a, then they caught it on the plane. Go, yeah. No, yeah. Hey, no, no, nobody, nobody talks about that quite as much. Nobody says, look at the, Oh, and they were, that was uh, a good, that was a good moment. And, and they were double vaccinated from what yeah. I understand. That was a good meme. It's, it's, well, it, it, it illustrates on the one hand, a, a, a bit different philosophy on both sides of the political spectrum. Nobody, or very few people, there were some probably some snarky guys on Twitter saying you got what you deserve, but nobody was saying, I hope you die. No, no, I don't, then, I don't then, hope anybody dies. No, but then, but then Lindsey Graham gets COVID despite being double vaccinated and you have the Rhode Island chief Democrat strategist for the party saying, is it wrong if I, if, is it wrong to hope he dies asking for a friend? I mean, this is, 
This Lindsey is, Graham is what a televangelist? No, no. Lindsey Graham is, uh, I think, he's the speaker speaker for the Republicans. He's, he's a Republican. Oh he's, shit, that's yeah, even crazier. What double the hell? vaxxed, double vaxxed, never been anti-vax, but you have people wishing his death because yeah, that's politics. A, yeah, but so all that say, you know, they predicted doom and gloom from this protest. They, they, they predicted doom and gloom to such a point where in Nova Scotia, speaking of how the courts are not defending the Constitution but rather defending the government from irrational and unjustified fear, prohibited public protest, prohibited public assembly on the basis of the risk of the virus. It's, you know, if they're going to protest the mask mandates, if they're going to protest forced vaccination, that risk of association risks propagating the virus. They outlawed constitutional rights on the basis of that evidence of, of, of risk. And it just, it doesn't, it, it has not panned out in reality, but nobody steps back and says, okay, well, maybe we need to change gear. Maybe we need to change strategy. In I'm not a scientist, but it looks like the, the virus goes where it wants because I was looking at my friend Barack Obama's birthday bash over the weekend, about <laughs> 700 people, and apparently that's not a problem. If you're, uh, if they, you're they, a celebrity or a politician. Pantelis, I forget who it was now, uh, in an interview with Acosta. Yeah, well, they, I saw the pictures that the DJ came, uh, came oh. out. Did you see those? Yeah, forced the to delete. The DJ took those, yeah, stealth pics, and then they forced him to delete. Well, it's on the internet, baby. The, so, yeah, there was no, uh, they the, were closer than we are right now. The internet is forever. They're yeah. dancing. They're maskless. They're, they're, Which, they're, I, by the way, more power to you. I'm not telling you not to do this. This is the other thing. I'm saying... Have your party. You know what? Invite another 500 people. I don't give a shit. It's your party. What I'm saying is you cannot have your party with 700 people, get all up close, dance, and then tell someone, hey, you can't uh, visit you can't your neighbors. You can't operate your business. You can't operate. You get $400,000 in fines in New York because of, uh, shut That's your- the hypocrisy. That's what, and a lot of times on the internet I see because it's so polarized, people think that if you have something to say, you want the other person to die, you're against them. All I'm saying is let's keep it fair. I... Barack Obama, he was the president. Let, let him have an even bigger celebration. Have 5,000 people. I don't give a rat's ass. But you cannot tell someone that they can't visit their neighbor, they can't visit their relatives when this is going on at the it, same time. It is crazy. It's, it's, not, it's crazy and it causes one of two things. Either massive resentment of government mm-hmm. because of the double standard or it causes people to believe that the government doesn't actually believe what they're saying. And which they then makes it more risk, dangerous. Which makes it even worse. It's like they're saying, people are looking at the government saying, I don't believe that this is as risky as you're telling me it is because if it were, you wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, and then and now it, people are out there licking handrails. Oh, that, that, that was that was the woman licking the toilet was staged. She she admitted that later on the airplane. Yeah, on the airplane. Was, was that stage finally? Because that was horribly disgusting. I mean, that's horrible in ordinary circumstances. Like my yeah. biggest nightmare pre-pandemic was licking the pole on a metro, like you know that dirty thing that everyone puts their hands on. Side story, but um, why is that no, a nightmare? I have an idea. Just don't do it. So just I mean, don't do it. Even touching it makes me a little queasy. But with respect to Obama's, you have this interview. This journalist uh, doing an Acosta interview on CNN. She says they're sophisticated and vaccinated. First of all, they're sophisticated. It, sophisticated. She used the word sophisticated, and this is just not like, like you peasants. Not you, not like you filthy deplorables. You you yeah. guys can't be trusted with your own hygiene. They're yeah. sophisticated and vaccinated, but. Candace Owens. Not if, according to that video, by the way. That, the, the pictures that came out, they're not that sophisticated. Uh, does it, it's, but it is, it's rubbing the two-tier system in your face. Yeah. But if we believe Candace Owens, and she tweeted out personal knowledge but can't divulge, she knows at least two people who attended that were not vaccinated. So mm. clearly proof of vaccination there was not required. Yeah, so, it's all, that's what bothers me is this double standard. And then it, what they like is, and by they, I mean the media. I'm not even, because a lot of the politicians, you know anything's happening? Like me and you, they're not scientists. They don't know. So they're like, look, I leave it to my professionals to tell me what's going on. The professional tell me one thing. I'm going to follow it. I don't believe for a second that Trudeau thinks, how am I going to screw over Canadians? 
watch this. I don't think that I think he's just like, oh, what am I going to do? They tell him and he's like, all right, I don't know. Any, what the fuck am I going to say? Uh, and is, he does it. It's interesting because this is where I always say, you know, arguing the intentions, it's a, it's a, it's a, bottomless barrel. You'll it's, never, a you'll never point, it's a moot point, point. but it's so, just, I want that out there because I don't want people to think that we just assume everyone's trying to kill us. I think they personally do believe I'm doing this for you. I'm doing the best, but they're not thinking far ahead. Well, I think they do believe that, but I do believe that they are being heavily pressured by organizations that they want to be in the good graces of. Of course, yes. Uh, you know, the World, the the, the World Economic Forums, yeah. the they go there, they get influence, they're, they're mingling with, with fancy, powerful people, and so they want to look smart to them. And the easiest way to look smart is to agree with someone. Um, but you know, the, 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 here's the biggest problem is, yeah, the politicians are listening to their experts. Their experts are political appointees. So they're independent, but they're nonetheless political appointees. Yeah. And they were appointed by their leader, but they're not going to tell their leader now to backtrack. They're not going to do anything that's really going to compromise the political positioning of the leader. So it becomes this incestuous sort of yeah, the politicians are relying on their experts who are political appointees, and it's when politics meets and corrupts uh, science, which is what we're seeing. We see it out of uh, Alberta, Dina Hinshaw. I mean, a CBC report literally referred to it as political science out of, out of Alberta in terms of lifting the measures. Uh, Dina Hinshaw, have you heard this? Who's Dina Hinshaw? Dina Hinshaw is the chief medical officer in Alberta. This is what did she do? Well, she recently wrote an op-ed basically saying, we're, you know, in the context of lifting Alberta's COVID measures, we're now going to treat COVID the same way we treat other respiratory viruses. So they lifted the measures, no mask mandates, apparently no compelled vaccinations in Alberta. Oh, cool. They Good make the them. public announcement that they're going to treat it like any other or other respiratory viruses. This is in conjunction. Have you heard about the Patrick King story coming out of Alberta? No, no. Who's this guy? Okay. So this is all plays together. Patrick King is an individual. He got, he's from Red Deer, Alberta. Okay. He got a ticket on December 5th for a, an illegal gathering because he was protesting uh, government encroachment on gas and oil issues in Alberta. He's been vocal about that for 200 weeks. Um, he got a ticket, which he then contested. In the context of the contestation, he's, re he's representing himself. Uh, the judge says, you know, you can subpoena Dina Hinshaw. The chief medical officer asked for certain information. Oh, this is this so is he, this is he, golden. He issues a subpoena asking for evidence, white papers on COVID, proof of isolation, uh, a, a bunch of other information on COVID. The, 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 apparently, the subpoena that he issued was invalid. So the government comes in and quashes the subpoena. They say it was issued improperly, signed by an officer of the peace and not by a judge. Um, it, it's legit because you can't issue a, yeah, a faulty yeah. subpoena, and when you issue a false a faulty subpoena. You don't have to comply with it. Obviously. So the government says, we don't have that evidence that he asked for in the subpoena. This individual in, you know, takes that to mean the government is admitting that they have no evidence of COVID. The, and contemporaneously, at the same time, Alberta lists the measures. So this guy goes on a guy's show called Stu Peters out of the States. And basically, they frame it as though this guy proved the non-existence of COVID. That's why Alberta's lifting the measures and it went viral. But COVID does exist. I, I, of course COVID exists. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know the, how this guy proved something that, yeah. Well, because the, they say they haven't proven it in, in isolation, not in the lab setting. And yeah, I, yeah. I know what they're getting at, but like there's, two, there's, there's funny, two mutually incompatible uh, trains of thought here. One, COVID doesn't exist. Two, it was genetically engineered in a Wuhan lab. And you can't- That's, you that's can't, two. That's, you, that's they are real. mutually incompatible yeah. thoughts. Oftentimes held by you know, a, a, a similar group depending on the discussion. But anyways, it doesn't matter. So all that this happened is this story went viral. 
Alberta man ends COVID, proves it doesn't exist. Alberta immediately lists yeah. measures. It went so viral that Reuters did a fact check on it. I did a couple of videos to explain it. Not what it was. Hilarious. I think it's the risk of a self-represented litigant not fully appreciating the nuance of the legal process. But so all that, that's the backdrop of Alberta lifting these measures. Dina Hinshaw writes an op-ed that gets a lot of medical experts pissed because they're basically saying, why are you doing this now? Don't do this now. You know, if, if the numbers are going down, double down on the restrictions. I mean, this is why the restrictions never end. Numbers go up, double down on the restrictions. Numbers go down, double down on the restrictions. They're working. So people get mad at Dina Hinshaw. Then she apologizes for the wording of how her message came out. Bottom line, though, Alberta's lifting the, message, lifting the restrictions. And CBC literally refers to it as political science. Like, it's, it's, it's the politics and the science. They converge. And you have doctors making medical decisions or policy decisions for political reasons. Anyways, so that's it. New Brunswick lifted the measures also. The, the, the irony, when I crossed the border into New Brunswick... I had to show proof of vaccination. They were hardcore, yeah. Checkpoints. While I'm in New Brunswick, they lift all the measures. There was no face masks indoors. I crossed back into Quebec other than being you know, met with a dollar forty-five a liter gas. And now we're talking about passports. I, they're talking about passports and I have to put a mask back on. I mean, this is the science. This is how, um, what's the word I'm looking at? Fickle. This is how fickle and, and uh, irrational the science is. Within two weeks, I was forced to show proof of papers to cross interprovincially into a province where I'm... In that province, they then lift the measures. I come back to my province, and I've got to wear a face mask indoors again. Science. How legal is this passport thing? Because aren't you essentially giving... Like, I know the QR code, you you know, you have that on your phone, but isn't it kind of weird that you'd give a bouncer at a club or just regular people, you're giving them your medical record? Isn't that stupid? I don't think it's constitutional, but then it's all a question of what is a justifiable limitation of your constitutional freedoms in a free and democratic society. Okay. That's what it comes down. But, but these are not government employees. Let's just say that works and it's a government employee checking your papers. That, I don't think that's fine, but it's more understandable. But some random kid... Well, so I mean, do you mean on the on the private enterprise business? Yeah, or so the let's, say, let's say right now uh, I, they change the rules again. And like they're saying the passport, it's a privilege for me to go to the pharmacy. So I got to go to the drugstore and I walk in and there's a 16-year-old stock boy and he's like, show me your papers. So isn't it a little strange? It's not like I'm scared to show him my vaccine, but it's like you're 16. They're they're on on the private side. Oh, I'm not I'm not I'm not sure violation of privacy and, mm. and and I'm not sure. But on the government side, let's just say you know uh, the the federal government is saying if you're going to public school, you're not going to be able to participate in after school activities unless you sh- unless you show proof of vaccine. Good, those are for nerds anyway. You know, well, setting aside the irony that they want to... They, they, everything the government has done has actually made people less healthy and more susceptible. You heard what? that here first, kids. No more detention if you don't get vaccinated. Oh. How funny would that oh, you, You'll be on permanent <laughs> detention. Just stay home. You're going to be locked in your room. Oh, God. You, you don't have the privilege of going to school. But you know, the, 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 I come back and there's a, there, Legault is talking about a vaccine passport, giving privileges to people who have made the effort to get vaccinated. First That's of all, weird. it was it was never voluntary. If they were if if it was going to get to this point, it was always compelled. They were just buying their time and 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 trying to get people to go along with it. But it, it's in my mind, it's fundamentally unconstitutional. And you know, f- instead of the federal government getting involved, which I think they can, you got the federal government sanctioning it. You got Trudeau not just sanctioning this and, and saying, "Oh, go ahead and go ahead and and violate your citizens' charter rights." Now he's basically buying the vote in the province by, you know, giving billions of dollars to the Lugo government over yeah, the next year. No that. strings attached. It's, the government is not looking out for the 
Where's this money coming from? I thought we're out of money. And where's the money coming from? It's it's not. It, it was never the government's money in the first place. Yeah, it's taxpayer dollars that, that we ran out of. Ran out of. I, mean, I don't know. I don't even know who we're <laughs> borrowing from. At yeah, this that's point. what I'm saying. And and who's going to pay this back? It's you know, and and there'll be no consequences from bankrupting a country. There'll be no consequences from. We will not have a functional healthcare system because we will not have the, the infrastructure or the costs to maintain it because you, people, you can't print money. So that's, that's my next question. I tend to listen and I have a lot of friends and family who are in uh, healthcare, nurses, doctors. I know for years that they're understaffed and underfunded. Given the amount of money that I found out now that government spent just in Quebec on, on advertising, on advertising on the radio, uh, who the hell listens to the radio? 150, but, well, who the hell listens? It, it, some people, the ones that are easy to manipulate. And when they buy the ad space on the radio, they buy the message and they control the messaging coming out of the radio. They also buy it at a premium. That's what I want to get at. So radio, TV ads and the people they pay to star Pro- in them and all that. To produce it, yeah. to star in it. There's a lot of money involved. Wouldn't that, I'm just saying, if you want to help the situation with COVID, wouldn't that money be better spent if you'd give it to the goddamn hospitals instead of informing people of something you'd think they know about, seeing as how it put the entire planet on pause for over a year. What are we doing? There are some people, there are some people who say a pandemic does not need an advertising budget. Uh, Some people. Okay. And there are other people who are going to say, if you have to sell and con- if you have to use celebrities uh, to convince people to take a medicine, uh, your messaging is pretty bad from the get-go in the first place. Yeah. But now it's not just 150 million a year, 13 million a month. Simultaneously, they're asking the hospitals to cut 150 million dollars from their budgets because they don't have the resources anymore. And I, I posted the link to these things on Twitter. If anybody wants to go follow my- the angry Dave on Twitter, the Viva Fry. They're literally simultaneously asking hospitals to cut their budget while they're blasting away money on uh, Canadians, that guy Bellefeuille doing these ads. I mean, I don't know how much they get paid, but I know what the budget is. And it's, they, they've budgeted $150 million. But going back to the point, we have known for decades, for years, that our infra- healthcare infrastructure was strained, was understaffed, was, you know, we, we know it's called the brain drain. We know doctors get trained in Quebec and they leave to other provinces and then they leave to other countries because yeah. they get paid better there. And so we've known this. And instead of dealing with the problem, because it's a complicated problem, this is Parkinson's law of mundanity. It's easy to talk about where to put the water cooler in an office place. It's not easy to, to, you know, to figure out how to increase shareholder value. And so when you have these discussions, everyone in the room is going to have an opinion on where the water cooler goes and the discussion is going to last an hour. Yeah. Come to the complicated stuff. Oh, let's, just, let's just skip over it. The complicated stuff here is we've known our healthcare system has been, I won't say crap. I don't want to underplay it. It's, it but it's has, not it, crap in the sense that it's, it's not a bad healthcare system. The issue is that it's understaffed and underfunded. So we ha- the people that are there, for the most part, are dedicated. They work hard. And a lot of them are working double, triple double, shifts. And, uh, they're, they're trying their best to survive, right? So instead of being like, all right, these guys are the front line. These guys are working hard. Let's help them out. Get them some more help. Uh, techno- whatever in, we can in, do to help increase, them. Hey, increase their quality of life at work. In anything. People, people sometimes criticize politicians and they'll com- criticize me of being critical but not offering solutions. Here's one solution. You wanted to make this better? Give them a benefit of not paying income tax yes. for as long as this lasts. Oh, I like see, that. See, and see, what ince- see how that incentivizes people to go to work and to find people to get involved in these because they're, they're understaffed because nobody wants to go work in these conditions. Yeah. You know, it, either increase their salary 
or just eliminate their bloody taxes. And it's not a big, it's not a huge demographic that's going to like cripple the economy. Give these people financial incentive to go out and work in these industries and you'll see. Um, but then bottom line also, we know that this is a problem and the government's, it would involve admitting that they have not been paying attention to it for a sufficiently long period of time. So what do they do? What's the easy fix? Lock people in their freaking homes. I mean, this, this is literally the, the choices that the government has made. Healthcare is, we don't want to overload it. We don't have enough staff. You know, the PPE, the, the long-term healthcare facilities are, are under-supplied in terms of PPE. Uh, we murdered the old people. Uh, they, they have no PPE because in February, Trudeau donated our PPE to China, knowing what was coming down the pipe. They're understaffed because they've shut people out of work now. And, and they're, these, these long-term healthcare facilities, understaffed, what do they end up doing? Circulating the same infected employees from yeah. one facility to the well, next. Well, that's what happened last time, remember when, it, yeah. No, no, and, and understaffed where there are, you know, a meaningful portion of the deaths coming out of the long-term healthcare facilities were not COVID-related, they were neglect-related. Dehydration, yeah. malnutrition. Well, th that's a very complicated thing. I have thing. friends who work in, I, yeah. I, I, I'm a lawyer, I get calls. And I, I, I say, I'm not taking these, don't tell me anything more, because I, I, I'm not taking these, I can't, I don't practice this. But I get calls and I have family and I have friends and I have people who work there and I know firsthand and we all know. They, they came out with the report. It was, it was uh, I forget who came out with the report. It was from the Canadian military. That like a meaningful percentage of the deaths in long-term healthcare facilities were not even COVID related, neglect. And where was I going with that rage? Oh yes. Uh, so instead of, you know, these are complicated problems to fix. They take time. Uh, they're harder to explain to people. So what do you do? Lock them in their freaking houses. We don't, we don't want to overload the healthcare system uh, this January. You are under curfew and we're locking you at home. Yeah. So what do we do to remedy government incompetence and neglect? We take away your, your rights as citizens. I mean, that's, that is uh, backwards in every sense of the word. And, you know, two years later, we're no, we're no closer to remedying the actual underlying problem than we were when it first hit. The pandemic did not caused this problem, it revealed it. Yeah. And we are no closer to an actual lasting solution. Far from it, we're actually just making it worse and kicking the can down the line for the next generation who's going to have to apologize for the, for the wrongs that were committed by this government the same way this government is apologizing for the wrongs committed by previous governments. But you know what I don't want to forget because you're 100% right and I, I feel the same way. It exposed a lot of our weaknesses in our healthcare system. Stuff that, again, doctors, nurses, have been, they've been telling us this for years and nobody wanted to listen. And now when push comes to shove, we see that, oh, they were right. We should have listened. However, I don't want to forget that the way this started, that whole gain of function research, that initially I think the United States of America said is illegal. We don't want to do this here. Yeah, yeah so let's, let's outsource it. It's <laughs> so Obama didn't want it. Trump didn't want it. No reasonable person wanted this happening. The fact that it did and it wasn't done properly and something leaked and now it stopped the world. We can't forget about that because somebody should be held accountable. It's not, it's, it's beyond, you know, it's, this is a funny analogy between, um, po you know, pollution and global emissions. And is it, it's the same philosophy. Like, we, we don't want to do it here. So let's outsource it to China. Let's outsource it to India. Whoever made these decisions should be held accountable. And you have Dr. Fauci. If anybody, that, you know, anybody- And he's under, one of those he's, people. He's one, he, he knew it was going on. He lied to Congress when yeah. he said it wasn't going on. Then he tries to wordsmith his way out of I what was that. going on. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's not gain of function when, when Rand Paul is- yeah. Yeah, that is gain of function. Yeah. You lied when you said you weren't financing it because you weren't. It was just going through an NGO exactly. third party. So yeah. they're, it's tough not to get uh, angry. They're liars. They've, they've, they're doing something which is not just uh, dangerous and unethical. It's immoral and irresponsible. Gain of function. They say, oh, we're, we just, we just want to develop this so that we can develop the vaccine to deal with it if our enemies do the same thing. 
Bottom line, you are, you are developing chemical warfare, and it, it, even though it is illegal by all accounts. And it, also, you're clearly not responsible enough to do it safely. You can't, you, you, there's no way to be responsible enough to develop chemical warfare. Yeah. I mean, this, let's, just, uh, let's just set aside the question as to whether or not COVID originated in the Wuhan lab. We know it did. Let's just set that aside because I, yeah. I don't want, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to get, uh, we don't need people to find flaws where we can just have the hypothetical. Yeah. They're developing gain of function uh, uh, strategy techniques for certain uh, biological weapons. They're de- we know this and it's, it, the government has no business doing it, period. So whether or not this was the result of that, now we know that they've done it. We know that they're doing it. We, whether or not this particular outbreak was the result of a leak, we know that Fauci knew. Yeah. It's, it goes back to that old, uh, I forget what it is. It says, they're lying. We know they're lying. They know we know they're lying. And they continue lying. They continue. And it's, but and, all, what pissed me off is when, it was that excuse that bothered me when he said, well, we have to do this in order, we need to create this to try to create a cure for it. And it would be in, if you want to oversimplify it in a cartoon, let's say, if firefighters would come to my house, set it on fire, and then we've got to test this hose out. It's, well, and it's, st- I'd be, what are you doing? Just M- don't set it on fire. M. Night Shyamalan, Unbreakable. It's the principle, it's, <laughs> the, it's the plot from Unbreakable. It's like, I have to go cause disasters in order to find the hero to, to solve yeah. those disasters. Don't cause a disaster. It's, it's, and it's like, you know, bringing it to back to the States and Gretchen Whitmer's kidnapping case where you have 12, <laughs> 12 government-paid informants, FBI agents, setting up a plot so they can foil the plot. I mean, at some yeah. point, you guys are the plot. Yeah. And so, you have this these government that's like those times where the CIA and the FBI don't talk and they catch each other oh, no, he, he knows what I'm talking no, about the, spi- the, the Spider-Man the, meme it's like Scooby-Doo at this point yeah, yeah the drug trade you know when they're like we stopped drug dealers but they were and, and then you find out both of these cartels who were governments fighting each no, other no, the, the, it, well it's the Spider-Man meme and you got the Spider-Man pointing at the Spider-Man yeah, you, yeah. you're the fake Spider-Man you literally have you know, analogous situation you have the FBI Paying informants, over a dozen informants, to participate and foil a kidnapping plot of Whitmer, at what point are they the ones actually planning? Yeah. Here you have the government, you know, we, we're going to develop a biological warfare in order to find out how to defeat that biological warfare. You guys are developing biological weapons, and you are guilty of it. And, you know, the biggest problem, they're not going to face the slightest of sanctions. And, no. and not just that, Fauci, the highest paid federal employee in the United States, half a million dollars a year, you know, he, he'd better have FU money. Because I think he has a few money. Well, he, he, I mean, because at some point you're not going to be able to live among your citizens because people are, you know, except for CNN who paints Fauci as the hero in all of this, which is crazy. It's, it well, CNN is garbage. It's it, absurd. CNN, CNN is Pravda level propaganda. Yeah. Um, but other than CNN, you know, people know, and you you cannot go back to living among your brethren when you've destroyed their lives and lied about it and got caught in the lie about it and then you try to wordsmith your way out of it. I, I love the panic when he started yelling at oh, God, uh, no. Rand he, Paul. I, oh, I find it offense. I find the accusation offensive. You know what? Nobody cares about how you feel. Fauci. I don't care about how you feel. Yeah, yeah. You find offense. I find offensive that because of you, so many people are dead. I, I would find it offensive too if it were true. If it's yeah. not true, I don't find it offensive. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 nuts. I mean, we're living in a world where the, people making the rules don't follow the rules. The governments have basically said, we don't care about your rights. You are beholden to us. You work for us and not the other way around. We've forgotten the way it's supposed to be. And we've forgotten now that life entails risk. And 
you know, I've seen the transition in reasonable people. At the beginning, they're like, yeah, okay, it is what it is. And now it's like, you're not coming into my house unless you're double vaxxed. And I'm like, you, yeah. have, you have lost your perspective yeah. and you don't even appreciate it because you're so enveloped with the fear. I can't blame you, but we need people to walk people out of this. And it's going to take, you know, a long time to recondition people to appreciate this was not jumping off a cliff existential threat. This was a, this was a risk for some. And we have to worry about those people, but we cannot neglect everybody else. I, I walked from Chinatown to uh, back home. It's like a four and a half kilometer walk uh, over the weekend. I saw nothing but shuttered businesses, homeless people on the street. Uh, one came up to me saying he was going through withdrawal, wanted money. I was like, I, 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 th these people, the most vulnerable people have been denied or deprived of the services that a functional society can provide to them for the last two years. Exacerbated the problem for those who were getting the help, um, and exacerbated the problem for those who were not getting the help in the first place. Businesses out of business. But, you know, hey, Valérie Plante has turned St. Catherine into a pedestrian street, and it looks nice. It looks nice. It doesn't really look like The street itself, if you look down, looks nice, but everything around it, no, it's, it's, it's it a ghost only, town. It can yeah. only look so nice when businesses are shuttered. I, I, and I saw one guy who clearly, if, if it wasn't meth, it was a drug called crocodile. This guy was <laughs> emaciated had sores on his head. He's sitting there, talk, you know, yelling at himself, doing the same repetitive motion. Yeah, he's producing the podcast. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no it's like, it, 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 was, it was, and I'm walking with my kids like, this, this is... The, this, the new, this, this is the is, new Montreal. This yeah. is what happens when you, uh, you know, when you misprioritize your, uh, your, your concern and you misallocate your resources. And uh, we, we, we've, we've sold people on a risk that you, can't, you cannot have the same people tell you, yeah, we got it wrong and it's time to walk it back. You can't have the same people doing it. But... It was depressing. I walked, you know, Chinatown through St. Catherine. It, it's, it's, the, the city is falling apart around us. And the, the concern, vaccine passports for kids 12 to 17. I mean, that, that, this, is, this is how backwards the government thought process is in all of this. But what would that change? I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I, what would it do? You're going to show? Because if the kids already, they're, like I said, they're not the risk demographic with the vaccine they can still get well, it and give it to some and and now the, and now the latest out of the CDC unless i've misunderstood is that the delta variant can be both carried and transmitted by double vaxxed and of course, i think we've seen it of course of course and, i know a double vaxxed guy who got the delta variant when he was in LA and he came over he had the it was basically the hard flu for like 8 days or something and uh, but i think it was his taste or his smell that it took a while to get back uh, but yeah, he's back. He's doing well, so but now, Then I think of this yeah. is that if it is in fact the case that the double vaccinated can still carry and transmit the Delta variant, but they are least likely to show the symptoms. Well, now it's become the double vaxxed that have been, that are becoming the threat to the unvaxxed. Because at least, oh, when, that's you're, true. At yeah, least yeah. when you're unvaccinated, you know when you're sick because you feel the symptoms. I mean, there's, but where does it all go? Where does it all go? Are, are, are we going to be doing this every season? There's a bad flu season. I know people don't like the analogy of comparing this to the flu. But at this point, it's quite fair to ask the question, is the flu season going, are we going to have lockdowns for a bad flu season? Well, didn't they say last year that there were no flu cases, we got rid of the flu? So there, there, I, I listened to a doctor who had an interesting theory as to why that might have been the case. That's not the case. We did not get rid of the flu. Well, we did not have the flu. One, one theory is that when you have competing respiratory viruses, one is going to win and one's going to lose. And the one that wins is going to be the predominant case that you're going to see, which is why COVID beat out the flu, which is why you saw more COVID than the flu. That's one theory. Is a doctor, yeah. um, Z MD, I did a podcast with him on uh, Dave Rubin. So it's an interesting explanation, whatever. But are we going to do this every time there's a bad flu season? We, we had a flu season a couple of years ago, killed 70,000 people in the States. Yeah. Are we going to lock down for that? Shut down businesses? Force vaccination for the flu shots? I mean, we're there now. And so anybody who's comfortable with this being the new normal for a civil free society, we no longer live in a free society. 
Statistically, and, it just doesn't make sense to me. The survival rate, what happens to you, it just does, the, the reaction right now doesn't make sense. In know, the beginning, I understood because we didn't know what was going we on. Knew I nothing. was scared. We knew nothing. But yeah. now we know, and now we know certain underlying comorbidities, not just underlying comorbidities of other issues. The argument there is you don't know you have an underlying comorbidity until you get struck, and that's, that's a fair argument. Yeah. Obesity, uh, overall health, you know, I'll talk about that. No, no, no. But, but obese we, we, people we know are, these are healthy. We know these things. And yeah. so you have the case of um, Big Mike, who, who I'm not saying that to be mean. That was his nickname. It was a guy named Mike. I'm going to forget his last name. Worked at the MGM Grand or one of the hotels in Vegas. Went okay. to Hawaii uh, for a vacation. Got severely sunburned. Came back. Oh. So sunburned, he had to be hospitalized. At the hospital, he's diagnosed positive with COVID. Ends up passing away from double pneumonia in his lungs. Apparently tweeted his wife, I should have gotten the damn vaccine. And this is what the mainstream media runs with. Uh, I don't uh, think the vaccine would have helped them. Well, I, uh, who knows? And who knows what the what the other issues are? You ever in that get a really bad sunburn? It's uh, like the flu. Well, he he might have had some sort of massive. Oh, I got systemic destroyed one time. I got really. Well, no, I, it could have also been a massive systemic Headache, infection. Flu. I was I was out for days. My, my wife got so sunburned when we did our honeymoon because we were snorkeling in the water. Her only her butt cheeks were sticking out of the water for. You know, prime time. It blistered. It was so bad. It I was, got it all over my body. That's terrible. Yeah, it was. It was in Greece in uh, the early two thousands. I didn't put sunscreen on. Well, that's uh, it was bad. Well, but so all that to say, you know, they take the media runs with this one story. Poor guy, though. You're on vacation. You die over nothing. Die, well, he apparently came back and didn't go to the. This is another issue. People who don't want to go to hospitals early on because of the fear of going to hospitals. But the media runs with this story, and how do they frame it? Guy regret that he should have gotten the vaccine. Not that the individual had other potential health issues. Not that there's some information that's lacking from the story. They want to turn this guy's death into a moral story. This anomaly of an incident into a traumatic experience for the rest of the world to traumatize them into some uh, form of behavior. And it's, 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 it's inhumane because you're taking people, you're exploiting uh, what are abnormal anomalies of statistically improbable events, and you're exploiting them of that tragedy for a political purpose that, you know, I think is uh, untenable and uh, basically unconnected to the message you're putting forward. And it's just, it's the way things work now. It's, it's politics ruins everything. You want to take a dude's unfortunate death and commercialize it for political purposes. Yeah, that's the game now. It's a disgusting game. So what are you going to do? You're going to go house to house, you said? Got to go house to house to get 100 signatures in uh, Westmount and NDG. Shouldn't be hard. I'm going to go to my block and I've got, I've got a small team because I'm, I'm not a control freak. I just need to trust the people that I do, uh, that I work with. Got a small team. We're going to go door to door, get the signatures. That's the formality. Then I'm going to take the political battle to social media because I'm up against Mark Arnault. Is he uh, good? Who's he, what does he do? He's the minister of transport, I think now. But uh, tell him you're the minister of trans. Well, get those votes. No, no. What I'm gonna what I'm gonna tell him is that I'm 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 there to keep this uh, level of corruption uh, not in check, fully exposed for the world to see. You got you got them locking up Maxime Bernier because he does an, uh, an outdoor rally to 20 people in Alberta, and Mark Garneau is off in the G7 summit, hobnobbing with all of the you know the political elite of the world. And, you he know, almost killed an old lady. You see Queen Elizabeth there. Uh, you know, none of them are wearing masks. Their servants in the background serving drinks are wearing masks. Yeah, the 20-year-olds. Say, but say, the 157-year-old <laughs> queen, is, none of this makes sense. My, my goal of this, what's going to happen now, uh, to bring out this systemic corruption, and anybody who has been tolerating Justin Trudeau's corruption uh, is, 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 is responsible for it. They have sanctioned it. They have tolerated it. And people need to know it. And if people are okay with that, if people are okay with institutionalized corruption and supporting institutionalized corruption, I'll learn something about my own people. 
I don't know if everyone is, but a lot of people are. People are just content with, ah, let them deal with it. It's too complicated. Yeah, well, for me. Especially so long as he's, you know, sending out a check for 1600 bucks a month, people yeah. are going to turn the other eye. Not realizing, by the way, you got to pay tax on that money that you've been getting for yeah, the last year. Yeah, that's a salary. It's, it's a, you've got to pay tax on that at the end of the year. And a lot of people don't appreciate it and are not going to have that saved up to pay back. So, but anyway, that, so that's the next step. I'm going to take this, you know, this political battle to social media, but also I'm going to focus on my writing because it's, it's, you know, it's broken down. In Westbound, you have the Upper Westbound and you have the Lower Westbound. NDG is a different sort of lay of the land. Uh, I, want people have- I consider it all lower. Anyone outside of Park X, I consider. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the reality is I've got to be sensitive to this as well. The concerns of people above a certain geographic line within Westbound don't have the same concerns and have not experienced the last two years the way other people have. Yeah, if you um, have money, like if they're well off, they're like, what are you talking if, about? If you're Francois Legault living in a $5 million mansion with an yeah. indoor pool and a cinema, yeah, lockdown's not so bad. And yeah. and for me, I'm the most fortunate person on earth. We've got a, a, a modestly small house, you know, five people living in it, two dogs. It's good. We've got a TV. We have a, a, a deck on the roof, which was a, a godsend. But, you know, I know people who are living in, in, in tiny apartments yeah. alone uh, who haven't been able to see friends or family. A, a teacher that I knew you know, walks by my house. He hasn't been able to see his family in a long time. Where, 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 where Europe? They where just they, re- they refused to, to see him. <laughs> so some people, this was before hey, COVID. This so, was yeah, I was say, some people, <laughs> this has been a godsend for something. Now I no longer have to see certain people. Um, people have experienced this radically differently, and I think a lot of people who say what's the big deal are radically disconnected from the people for whom this has been absolutely devastating. Yeah. And. Uh, so that's it. I'm going to get a feel for the land and uh, I'm going to set up some events. We've raised, we've, we haven't even called the election yet. We've raised for my electoral writing uh, three times as much as of now that we did all in all of 2018. So oh. it's great. There's some, there's some, you know, I, I, I've got a, a broad reach in Canada. Uh, and so even that, you know, we're going to have, I'm not going to waste money stupidly. Uh, I want to get some billboards. I want to get recyclable. Get a leopard. <laughs> we, should, we should get a mask I'm going to get a, a wild no I want to you know billboards in the area so people know who I am they of see course, the face yeah. and then um, I'm going to just you know host some hopefully hopefully some public debates that Garno will either attend or will not attend and it'll be a win-win or a lose-lose whichever way he goes well good luck I mean I expect big things from you I you know what it's I expect big things as well. It's just, a, I, I've never done it before. I have no idea what's involved. I have no idea how ugly it's going to get. You know, it's Canadian politics. It can only get so ugly, but it can you still get ugly. You want us to create an attack ad? No, I, 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 and the other thing is, I do not want to become the monster that I'm trying to slay in the process. <laughs> a classic one. It's right. just a close-up. It's like, Garno says he's a human being, but really, where's his birth certificate? <laughs> Gar- 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 Garno, the problem is this. <laughs> Might think, be a robot. <laughs> no, I, I think Garno's relatively... A Garno's, good dude? He's not as bad as the other members, but... Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't need more of a, of a negative ad campaign than my Trudeau corruption playlist. I mean, when, you, I, when I go through what this government has actually done, if it were Trump, he'd be in jail. There's, there's no question about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, the, the corrupt, you want to talk about quid pro quo or uh, unlawful uh, coercion. Telling you know Jody Wilson Rabel, don't prosecute my boys at SNC Lavalin, or you're fired. That's oh, you're crazy. Pro- you're, fi- you're fired. Oh, but she wasn't fired. She was shuffled out of cabinet. Um, you know. Oh, somebody's petitioning the federal government for fifty to sixty million dollars, and now they're giving you and your family a, 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 an all expenses pit trip paid to Aga Khan's private islands. Oh, you didn't know you had to report that. Oh, you didn't know that that was unethical. What was the other one? What was it? Oh, the We Charity. I mean, oh yeah, the, the, we, the yeah, fact yeah. that that did not end in an ethics violation. Uh, you know, Dion, the ethics commissioner, he'd been good in that he's not shy of doing it, but we're closer to an election now than we were before. That, to me, reeks of 
uh, untenability, but the idea that Trudeau's wife, if she wasn't on the payroll, was receiving benefits from the Wee Charity, his mother and brother $300,000 for speaking fees from a charity over a couple of years. Oh yeah, but they're not, they're not immediate family under the sense of the Ethics Act, so not an ethics violation. Bullcrap. Bullshit, yeah. Let, people should know, and people don't know because the CBC does not report on it, and when they do, it's buried online. Um, but I will resurface and prioritize and highlight the systemic corruption that this institution uh, is guilty of. And if people want to vote it back into power, I can understand why people out West want to separate from the East because it's the East that supports the liberals and out West they don't. Yeah. And when they talk about Wexit, I can understand how seeing this guy get elected and reelected, despite all of this, uh, you know, I, I can understand people's frustrations. Well, look, Viva, good luck to you. Links are in the description. If you don't, you already know Viva Fry, but if you don't, links are in the description. Follow them on Twitter. Check out the YouTube channel. And if you live in that area, Westmount, NDG, uh, I'm going to be vocal. I'm going to be, I mean, look, I, 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 it's not a lofty thing. I, I consider that I'm representing the actual people who have been voiceless in all of this, who have been treaded upon and disregarded in all of this for their own protection. If people think they needed this for their own protection... I appreciate a divergence of opinions and that it'll end there. But I think a lot of people uh, feel exploited and feel like they've lost what it was to be a Canadian. I, I think so too. Viva Fry, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.